Welcome to the worship and work of Northminster Church. I want to also welcome those out in uh, YouTubeville uh, for joining in. We appreciate you being here. In fact, uh, I would like to thank everyone, each and every one of you, for being here this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I could do that today, you know. Well, we're, we're welcoming, and you're welcome to take uh, the flowers and uh, use them to uh, brighten someone's new year. Uh, speaking of new year, we welcome a new year, a new year full of promise and possibility. And it's our prayer that you'll hear, see, feel some new insight, some image, some hope, some comfort as we worship the God of new creation today. For that God of the new creation has promised to make us new creatures in Christ. Let us be called to worship with the words in your bulletin. As one year has passed into another, this is a time for new beginnings. Christ has come, Christ is alive in us, showing us the power love has and what love can do. Let us gather to worship, to come to the table of remembrance, to share love's power to heal and renew. Let us begin anew. Let us worship God.
says the Lord. Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, Save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth. Among them the blind and the lame, those with child, those in labor, together, a great company, and they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd, a flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock of the herd. Their life shall become like watered gardens, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be married. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priest their fill of fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty, says the Lord. This is one of our sacred stories. Thanks, Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. O God of time and eternity, maker of all things old and new, we give you thanks for the year 2021. Thanks that it's over. We're weary of viruses from Delta to Omicron. We're weary of conflicts between blue and red. We're weary of trying to get by on less and less when everything costs more and more. Renew our weary hearts with the gift of this new year and give us opportunities to be more faithful, more loving, more giving and forgiving. We give you all praise and honor for all things new. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now the reading of the Gospel of John, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and That life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This is the one of whom is said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as you listen to the gospel reading this morning, you may have noticed how different this version of Christmas sounds. This is the first Sunday after Christmas, and so it's still technically Christmas. Now, this story is so strange, and if that call is from above... (laughs) I'm doing my best. (laughs) Now, imagine this is the only story of Christmas you have, the only one. Now imagine trying to stage a Christmas pageant solely based on this text. No angels, no wise men, no holy family, not even any animals unless you count John the Baptist uh, and his camel hair couture 
they say, entered the room before he arrived and lingered long after he left. <laughs> no, kids would be fighting. I want to be the word. No, I want to be the word. And this kid would say, I want to be the flesh. And his mother would say, don't you talk about the flesh. You're too young. I don't want to be the darkness. No, the purpose of the writer of John is to move us beyond the typical nativity story by not emphasizing the how, where, and when of the coming of Christ, but by emphasizing the why. In order to reveal the why, the text takes us to the very essence of God's nature since before the beginning. The start of the text, in the beginning, is the exact Greek rendering of the Hebrew words in which the Bible starts in Genesis, in the beginning. So John is proclaiming a new beginning. This is a new day, and it lets us in on what God has been up to all along. Now we can see, hear, and touch, and feel God in flesh and blood. The way God works in the world comes to us through this word. You see, because words say who you are, and then when you live out the words, you show who you are. The word of God is a noun struggling to become a verb. Who God is becoming is what God is. The miracle of Christmas is the vision of that new beginning. And so at this new year, let's take a look. Because that word that is becoming flesh is the word love. God in one word, love. I didn't just make this up. Studying the Bible, you see again and again, it is God's love which defines who God is, and that is ultimately seen in Jesus Christ. I know that God is love because of the people who have loved me when I didn't deserve it and have loved me till I was able to be more what God wanted me to be. I know God is love because I have attended Northminster Church when Dr. Gaddy was preaching. And when he preached, he preached love. I know God is love because of this table. And tables like it, and tables that look different from it, folding tables, card tables, all kinds of different tables, all kinds of different settings. They weren't all this, set all this beautifully. Some were set very simply. Some, you might say, crudely. And yet one thing was the same in all those tables. One essential element, love. Because that's what God gives us at this table. Now, what would it sound like if we were to substitute the word love for the word word in this text? Now, I've edited out the references to John because of thematic consistency, and he'll get his airtime later in the lectionary. And I chose to use inclusive language because I'm scared not to. <laughs> this is how it comes out, sounding, if that word is love. In the beginning was love, and love was with God, and love was God. Love was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through love, and without love, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in love was life. 
The life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Love was in the world. The world came into being through love, yet the world did not know love. Love came to what was love's own, and love's own people did not accept love. But to all who receive love, who believed in love, was given power to become children of God. Not born of blood or the will of the flesh or human will, but of God. And love became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen love's glory, the glory of a, as of a parent's only child, full of grace and truth. From love's fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through the love of God in Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but it is the living love of God who flows from the parent's heart who has made God known. If the essential nature of God is the incarnation of love, what does that mean to us? It means that God has a habit of hiding in the rags of humanity. Rabbi Gelman, who writes for the New Star, and my wife and I think should become a Sunday school curriculum, <laughs> tells the Hasidic tale of how the Messiah hides outside the temple, disguised as a beggar, in a crowd of beggars everywhere as you go into the temple. If anyone stops and gives to that one beggar, the beggar reveals himself as the Messiah. And the messianic age comes in justice and peace and joy to the whole world. The rabbi adds that he always gives to any beggar just in case. <laughs> British poet and priest Gerard Manley Hopkins describes the Messiah among us like this. I left the archaic language in for the sake of rhythm and rhyme. The poet is referring to a human being, and a human keeps grace that keeps all his goings graces, acts in God's eye what in God's eye he is, Christ. For Christ plays in ten thousand places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes not his, to the Father through the features of men's faces. This mystery of, of God with us, of the incarnation, is probably more than words can express. I know it is. And it may be best experienced through music. We've heard moving Broadway music lately here at Northminster, and we have all along. And we've heard Dr. Gaddy talk about how the theatrical experience of Broadway became God speaking to him and others. I feel the same way about pop music, rock music, that stuff they play on the radio as I was growing up, and that you can now hear in what? CDs, videos, streaming. I like the songs that are not religious, that are not written for the church. I like the songs that are secular because I like to be found by the word of God in unexpected places. The following song became God speaking to me intimately and made this passage of scripture and so many others come to life. The song is called One of Us by Joan Osborne, and it's sung by our own Naomi Kilpatrick. The lyrics are in your bulletin. Had a name. 
God had a face, what would it look like and would you want to see? If seeing meant that you would have to believe in things like heaven and in Jesus and the saints and all the prophets, and yeah, yeah, God is great, yeah, yeah, God is good, If referring to God as a slob offends you, then think about how God feels. After being God, having to become one of us, that's a stretch. And yet that's exactly what scripture tells us. One of us with all our human frailty. Strangers on the bus and slobs like us can both become God's word made flesh. Others, the, especially the easily forgotten, the marginalized, the left out, the outcast, can become the broken flesh God becomes and the flesh we embrace in grace. The good news also means that we can fulfill God's ultimate desire for humankind. We can be the flesh and blood of God coming into the world. Our eyes can be God's eyes looking for love in all kinds of places. Our hands can be God's hands reaching out in relationships and constructive love. Our feet can be God's feet to take us off to far lands or just to take us to make a stand right where we are. I wrote this as a reflection on today's gospel reading. It's called Word and Flesh. The corpuscular craving God is desirous again, 
flesh-starved word longing for the bone and skin, grace searching for a heart large enough to care, the voice of truth waiting for some lungs to share, the future-perfect panting for a place to be, divinity demanding gross humanity. Sometimes we think that we're being Christ to others only to have our perspective upended. As a ministry of church of a church where I pastored, we were a part of RAIN, the Regional AIDS Interfaith Network. It was an ecumenical group dedicated to support and nurture those around us who were battling AIDS. HIV was raging at that time, and to be diagnosed almost always meant death. We were one of the few churches where funerals for AIDS victims were allowed. We conducted service after service with dignity and reverence. Once someone came to challenge us for being Christians and caring for those kind of people. Fortunately, she didn't run into me. Uh, she ran into one of our church leaders in the fellowship hall, well, actually in the kitchen of the fellowship hall. And this sweet lady said, we, we love everybody. That's kind of what Jesus told us. You, you believe in Jesus, don't you? And that person left. And we only found out after she shared her story. So each group would sponsor a person who was living and dying with AIDS. We uh, sit with them at the hospital. We'd sit with them, pray with them, hold their hands, hug them, mop their brows, give them a cool drink of water, listen to them, encourage them. Any little act of kindness that was needed. On one of the occasions, one of our guys was at home but had to leave his apartment for another lodging. Several of us went to help him. When we arrived, he was terribly weak and emaciated. We lifted him by holding the corners of a blanket, and as we lifted him, it hit me. His ankles were crossed, his legs crossed at the ankles. His arms were stretched out on each side, He had long hair, a beard, wore only a pair of shorts. And at that moment, he was for us the image of Christ. The word made flesh. He was God with us. He was the suffering Christ we had taken down from the cross of HIV AIDS. While we thought we were being Christ to him, he was the one being Christ to us. The word became all of us that day and in the following days at his memorial service in the church. You see, love became flesh and dwelt among us, the scripture said, full of grace and truth. And you know, the deepest of theological concepts becomes the simplest of human actions when the word becomes flesh, when the word becomes you.
Christ tells those who follow him, you're going to break bread the rest of your life. And when you break the bread, remember me. When you take up that cup, remember me. All of so here we become a part of that mystery. For we receive what God gives to us as we pray.